0: Welcome back to part two of the Musicians of the Midnight Sun podcast interview with Wally Firth. Okay, so when you're talking the Scottish influence on fiddle music, that would have come primarily from the Hudson Bay Company. Yep. Hudson Bay craftsmen. Okay, that craftsmen. That's right yeah. too. Yeah. Okay, and the people coming up on the steamboat, mm-hmm. those players would have been what what uh, Métis, like you say. Yep. Yeah, the Métis
1: players. So they would have uh-huh. been bringing up the French Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. sort of tradition. Yeah, the the square dance callers and the fiddlers. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, George Luded, who was a well-known square dance caller, his daughter lives here in Victoria, Georgina Luded. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so that answers a a big question for me because, like I say, in in a, in a river delta. It's almost like new musics are born as a result of just that mix, uh-huh. and gumbo of, of different cultures of music. Yeah. yeah, And I've always thought that the different musicians that come out of the Delta area, they have a different beat. They, eh? uh-huh. they march to a different drum. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for sure. And there's something there's something about it, and you can't quite put your finger on it. Yeah. Um, they're playing blues music, or they're playing traditional fiddle music, or uh-huh. or, or rock and roll even. Uh-huh. But there's a different. Underlying pulse that's happening that's there right. that, that
1: is absolutely you don't, you don't hear it anywhere else, uh, no, not at and, all. And so that's been my uh, and, curiosity. And, and the clogging, it, it didn't, it didn't, not very many people learned the clogging except Angus Bolio, he did some clogging. Yeah, as you said, there, the only way
0: you could learn a song was if somebody came and sat down and, and taught you the song, or you were able to mm-hmm. play along. Uh, and then radio came along, yeah and so with with those with those different uh um, I guess you can call them technologies, <laughs> yeah those would have changed the music, so did you have a sense of it being like you say more traditional music to begin with, and then as the country music
1: came in it it kind of changed things yeah, a wee bit, yeah, yeah. a wee bit oh yeah, oh yeah, a big influence from the Carter family, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the one famous old-time waltz, uh, "I'll Be All Smiles Tonight," that's over a hundred years old, and just about every fiddler I know plays that now. Yeah, this one, and w- one or two others I can't just recall them right now, but uh, yeah, some of us learned a few tunes from the from the radio. Um, a guy in a, 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 a Inuvik, he just died. I only knew his Inuk name. He, uh, I asked him one time, he was a darn good guitar man. He played rock and roll uh, very, very well, old style. And I said, tell me about, what did you learn, mu-? he said, well, I heard Joe Greenland playing the fiddle on the old CHAK and I said, I have to be able to do that, but I had no instrument, so but I had some rabbit wire and something else, and I made myself a guitar. So I said, that's where I got started. And I never told me where he did get his actual first guitar. But he p- learned to play very, very well. And then he, next thing you know, he had his own band. He called it the Good Time Band. And he, um, New Look, New Look. I can't remember his Christian name. He just died about a year ago. And he donated his fiddle to my nephew, who is now a very, very, very good fiddler. And he, two my nephews, are doing well. They play together. Brother, two brothers. Yeah. What are their names? Brennan and Brandon, I think. I had never got it correct. <laughs> uh, Firth. Yeah. Yeah, they're in demand in Alaska. They played in Yellow, too, I think. Played in Good Hope they've and ch- Whitehorse. Yeah, I don't know where they are right now. One of the guys lived in Alaska for a little while, the past year. And the other one, the younger one, was still in school. He might be finished by now. Finished with high school, anyway. And they play for dances. Very, very popular. Um, one time, the, those two boys with their uncle, they went to visit com- a family in a clavik and the guy pulled up his fiddle, he started playing, the, the woman said, Wally Firth. <laughs> he probably played a tune that he learned from me. Yeah. And I have there's one guy, um, Michael, Michael Francis. I taught him how to play, and he now plays for dances here and there. I never, ever forget when I first started to teach him, and we were at his house, and he had a fiddle, and they got the first two, three line of a Christmas carol. And his mother was sitting there. His face just lit up. Didn't believe he could do it. Yeah, that's where that one started. I taught two or three other kids, but they didn't keep it up. The day I left, they put their fiddles away. Too bad. Can you think of any of the other
0: musicians that you've uh, you oh, mentored yeah. over the years?
1: Yeah. Um, well, my cousin, her uh, Edward was one. Of, was the man he? We lost him in the McKenzie River. He was on the cat, went through the ice. Instantly, was gone. Uh, he was Jim Blake's nephew. And I remember when he got his first guitar from Eaton's, coming up on the steamboat. Yeah, a long time ago. I don't know, nobody, I don't know why the Bay didn't do anything about it. But the, the Bay guys, not many of them were into music or dances. They were different category of people. Different class, I guess it's the right word. Staples and you know whatever practical.
0: Yeah, that stuff was that they it. Needed, yeah. Yeah. So they, they didn't carry any instruments or any strings nope, or anything nope, like that. No, And so if you wanted to order any of that stuff from Eaton's, you had to write a letter. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, Eaton's or Simpsons.
0: Okay. Yeah. And, but you'd have to write a letter.
1: Yeah. And put. Well, it you get the the, the uh, Eaton's and Simpson used to send out the catalog every six months. There would be a form in the in the catalog, so you put in the numbers and the thing, put in the post office. When the um, catalogs came up on the mail plane every six months, and this guy in the Klavik, he didn't know how to read or write. No, said not very many people did, and he asked his buddy, "What is this? what's this about?" You see that picture there? You see these numbers and tell you how much you have to pay? And you write it out on this form, and that's what you'll get in the mail. Okay. The mail plane come in once a month, the guys down there, oh, nothing. So one day you come and you got a little parcel. Took it home, put it under the bed. You went down to meet the plane again. Finally, he says, you know, I think maybe my wife might be on the next plane because she already sent me her dress. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. He saw a picture of this woman with this beautiful dress. They did the numbers and put the money in the envelope. He got the dress, but no woman. <laughs>
0: yeah. Mail order brides. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You mentioned that you ended up buying uh, uh, some instrument or an instrument from Harold
1: Glick. Yeah. At YK Radio. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. He had a big music store in Knife, And I went and I bought the fiddle. And I used it for a couple of years. And then that's when my, my niece has it now. Yeah, but it's under the bed. And when I was in Liard I had a fiddle and the guitar, and I was going to move right now, man. What do I do with this fiddle and guitar? A guy there, his name is David. David Deniua from Simpson. He loved this, and I said, "Well, here you are. Here's a fiddle." Oh, really? I said, "Look, only one condition. The next time I see you, you're going to be playing." He didn't say anything, but he accepted. Years later, I was at a music fest at the. Midway Lake, Stanley Bolio was there. He says you recognize this. I said no. Why should I? He said you used to own that. I got it from David. <laughs> yeah.
0: So the instruments would make their way from player to player to player to player. Yeah. You you've kept music in your life, and and uh, and, a, and a fiddle. Have you always had a fiddle around, or?
1: When I was in Wrigley. The Bay sent in a, a wind-up gramophone and a stack of records, old 78s. So, um, like anybody else, those people loved the music. So this one guy, man, he had some money. He bought the whole thing. Next day, he come back with all those records. He said, they're no good. I don't want the money. Well, and I understand. There's the wrong kind of music. So he just dumped the stuff in the and the garbage, and he left, but he he cut one record, and he lived in a tent, and this was in the summertime. And I heard Luther played the boogie over and over. (laughs) That's the only record he had. Yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) Luther played the boogie. What's his name? Freddie Bolio. He lives in Hay River, he loves this, and he plays the button accordion. And we were talking about this not very long ago. He says, you know, when I was a kid living, growing up in Fort Resolution, he says, every home you went to, there was a guitar or a fiddle or some instrument. And that's the way it is. And the people grew up with that, you know. So that's how come you have these good musicians coming out of Fort Resolution. The same thing in Old Crow. Same thing in Fort Good Hope. For a while it was in Arctic Rad. In my village, McPherson, it's just a little bit different. Um, I guess because the people just took it for granted they're going to have good music and be my dad. My dad wasn't going li- to live forever either, so he's gone. And same with Angus. Angus is gone. Frederick is gone. Wally Firth is down in Victoria, for crumb's sake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so now, the younger people, uh, some of them would love to learn, but you don't have people to learn from. And it's no use learning to read music. I found that out personally. I tried. I can read, and I can play from notes, but that's all I'd be able to play. I'll get those notes, but that's not music, Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I keep trying to um, um, encourage the people in the Cloudbeck, McPherson, whatever, they do not have church organists. And it's not hard to learn. We used to have one or two um, organ people who could play church music. And that's something the people way back in the 40s, oh, God, you know, they were really taken by by the Anglican church especially. They wanted, some of them would love to become priests and play the organ and so on. And you remember, or did you ever see the old pump organs? There's one on the net now for free here in Victoria. (laughs) I'm tempted to put it there. But anyway, Andrew Koneezy bought one for his family. Peter Alexi bought one for his family. Um, Peter Thompson bought one for his family. So there were those three plus the two at the church. And only, um, what was her name? Alexia, uh, she played quite well, not too bad. She played church music. And uh, and Andrew Kanesas was a church man. He became a a priest, and he bought this organ so his kids would learn. Well, old (laughs) man Zach played that organ beautifully, but he never played one hymn. (laughs) He just played country music. (laughs) One night, we were having a dancer who said, William please." I think, why don't you bring that damn thing out to the, to the community hall? A couple hours later, they yeah, put it on a toboggan, pull it down, put it in the hall, and there you play it away. Yeah. And country tunes. Yeah. <laughs> There's two in Artigrad, one in the old church, and one in the church, uh, um, manse, I guess they call it. And there was a guy there by the name of Levesque, Father Lebeck was a good musician. He used to play it. And at my time, there was a guy by the name of Alec Duden. He played the pump organ on one. Was he good? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Those pump organs, these ones, the one that's on the net there for free is big, quite big. There's that one, and then there's the other one that's about that size. Yeah. Uh, there's one around McPherson it's out in the storage somewhere, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, A few of them learned not many.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those instruments maybe would have gone up the coast too for some of the
1: missions and stuff that were up the yeah up the west coast and stuff too. Maybe that's how it made its way back down here. I suggest to people in Artigrad, McPherson, I said, Look, it, get together the all the McPherson, the Artigrad, Olco, all have the need for church organists. And get together. Put your money together and hire a teacher. It Don't take long. Within a year you'll have, you can teach that style of music within a year. Nothing's happening. I was going to call a minister in McPherson in a day or so and try again. Yesterday I was talking to um, John Norbert, and artist. They all agree with me but then nothing happens. Yeah. Just that People don't take music seriously. They love the stuff, they like it and enjoy it, but do nothing about it. Not even learning, not enough people learning. Some of the things that uh, took place over the years during the time of the tuberculosis times, Charles Council Hospital, and the patient would be sent down there to would be there for a year, two, three years. Some of them never came back. And the ones came back, some of them were able to play. Um, people donated fiddles and guitars to the hospitals. And uh, there was one guy from Fort Ray, they called him Freddie the Freeloader. He was down there. In those days, the medical people to try different things, how do you cure that tuberculosis? And some of the doctors would go in surgery, surgery go into a, damaged lung and tried to fix them. Freddie, he had to give up two ribs on this side. and He healed. He was okay, went back home, and he learned to play the fiddle and by jingles with that those two ribs, I don't need them now. I can fit the fiddle right in. <laughs> yeah, he's long gone now, too. Yeah, there was a few. Alfred Francis and McPherson. He learned to play when he was in the hospital. And it's really different. He played his own style and our kind of music, and he played not too badly, but he, he played his bow was always going like this. Strange. Hmm. Yeah, but he, he did it, yeah. I don't know who else, one or two others, I think, learned in the hospital. And now, one or two learned to play while they were in a correctional institute in Yellowknife. Yeah. I think there's a guy in McPherson who uh, did most of his learning of the fiddle in, in that place. Yeah. Quite a few people learned the harmonica. I, that was my first instrument. Is that right? The first instrument I ever played, I was 10 or 12 years old, and I played the harmonica. I had a little plastic <laughs> thing for a dollar. and. Uh, I remember at Midway Lake Festival there were two uh, senior ladies, two grandmothers, they were up there playing away. Yeah. Uh, i trying to remember the names Eunice Mitchell and uh, Caroline Kay, I think. They had uh, good sized harmonicas. They played quite well. George Mandeville was another. He's a good guitar man. He is amazing. I've
0: been playing with him and his son, Lee, on and off for years. Yeah. And uh, it was it was a couple of summers ago I was playing with him. I hadn't played with him in a long time. Yeah, And so, you know, I'm playing the bass guitar and so I'm watching his left hand to see yeah. where that finger's going, right? Because then that's, be my, that's my root note, right? So yeah. that's, it's, I can play along. Mm-hmm. I couldn't keep up to George. And yeah. There was just no way he was playing the bass, he was playing the guitar, he was playing the melody lines, doubling up with Lee's. He was just amazing. Yeah. And I, I just, afterwards, I just went George. I said, I'm sorry, man. I, I've never appreciated your playing, but I've never heard anybody else play the way that you That's do. That's right. And he kind of nodded, and he said,
1: Peter Lafferty. Man, a life, what a musician, you know. I first heard, heard Peter Lafferty when I was in Wrigley. I turned on the radio, and I forget the call letters of the station in Edmonton. And that's when I first heard Peter Lafferty. And I know Peter personally. Mm-hmm. He can, uh, that guitar, he can make it sing anything. Somebody said he's back on the stage again. I really hope so, because he's not getting younger anymore, but he's just an absolutely fantastically beautiful musician. Beautiful musicians are important people that some of them don't realize it, they don't think about it that way. But they are, yeah. I think if you're a dancer, you, you, you feel it, you know, you know. When I played, you know, I never learned to dance. I was always playing for the music. And one of the things i never forget, when uh, my fiddle was right in tune, Edward was right on with the guitar, and the dancers were, everything came together and I would meet eye to eye with the dancers. You can't get any better than that. uh, That's a long time ago, yeah, and you meet eye to eye with the dancers, and everything is just flowing. That old community hall, McPherson. And uh, the one that people really never, so far as I can remember, anybody talking about music and the dance, but it was very, very important to them. And I remember at home, um, my home was down the far end of McPherson. There was a path along the top of the bank there, then the Hudson Bay Store, and then there was the village. And every once in a while, we'd see Sarah Simon coming down to visit. So she'd come, and Mama would have the teapot on. and some panic and some jam, and she'd sit down and get served and sit. After a while, Sarah would say, well William, you know why I'm here. We want to dance. <laughs> yeah, it's important, very important. I get William to play for the dance tonight. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. You know why I'm here. <laughs> we want to dance. Yeah.
0: I would like to thank Wally for sharing his rich musical life story with Musicians of the Midnight Sun. To hear more, see photographs of his life, and the full interview transcript, check out sun.com linked in the show notes. You can follow along as well on Facebook and Instagram. If you would like to support the continuation of this project, please donate it on our website, MusiciansOfTheMidnightSun.com. I would like to thank the City of Yellowknight Heritage Committee, and the Northwest Territories Creative Industries Economic Recovery Fund for supporting this podcast series. And to thank the Northwest Territories Arts Council, Government of the Northwest Territories Department of Education, Culture and Employment, the Yellowknife Community Foundation, and the City of Yellowknife Heritage Committee for supporting the website so far. A full list of supporters can be found on the website. The archival audio of this podcast is from the Northern Musicians Project Collection at the Northwest Territories Archives. I'm Pat Grayton. Thanks for listening.